welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they are amazing. isn't always the best but the views are amazing i am your host this week coach k and i've got all of my co-hosts in the building except for one and i am going to start with bj what's going on sir it's all good done this way man we live and kicking live and kicking okay 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 el fresh dente Another beautiful day in Zamunda, man. Out here on Savage Status doing what I do. Looking forward. I got a um, big DJ gig this weekend, socially distanced and uh, doing great. So, you know, we here. We live. Okay, we're okay, we going to come back to the DJ gig. I want to hear about that, man. You know, I, I've been sitting here just like, man, I haven't had a fresh mix in forever. But we'll come back. Uh, like to that. I talk, but like I tell y'all all the time, yo, I need I need that encouragement. I need y'all to tell me get on my dean and to go ahead and make some mixes and tell me y'all need some something fresh out there to get me motivated. You know, I won't lie. Sometimes I'll be in the cave. I got all these brains around and stuff, and you know, I get lost in thought. So I need that motivation. So go ahead and push me a little bit. I know I do a lot of pushing, but don't don't feel bad about pushing me. Go ahead and do that. Okay, okay, okay. That's but a word, brother. Nothing but a word. That's fair. SoundCloud stuff this week. We gonna put, we gonna put. Uh, all we gotta do is put the Jones kids on you, and it's <laughs> over. Cause the Jones kids, boy, they they love DJ Barry. Be fresh. I'm glad I could be a classic. Still living legend, baby. Yep, yep, yep. Phase on. How you doing uh, over there on the northwest part of Atlanta? Yeah, you're right. I'm doing good. Uh, good. Listen, I, I'm just excited about it being warm. Uh, the pollen is finally starting to to leave slowly but surely. I can go outside and sit on the the porch, but I'm good. Very, very good. Fill a little, fill a little bags. I missed my uh, my 5:30 uh, workouts last two days. Um, not because I was tired or anything, but because I just decided not to get up. The alarm went off. And I was like, nah, not today. That was it. I was just about to ask if that was AM or PM, but okay, okay. AM, yeah. No, 5.30 PM, the boys take over my time. I have no time at 5.30 at night, but the morning was the plan and it just didn't work out. I'll get back in yeah. my game, though, but yeah, it didn't work I out. I say it's okay to be like that sometimes. I ain't made a mix in months. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, all good, right. though, because after K yelled at me um, for, for calorie counting at my weight class, uh, I actually lost two pounds doing nothing, so I'll take that. I try to tell you, unlike that calorie count is for the birds. Like if if <laughs> if, if, if your if your diet is pretty much dialed in for the most part, and every once in a while you indulge, no man, you're way ahead of the game. Yep, that's exactly what it was because um I was doing a counting thing and I was fine with it, and but normally I don't eat as much no matter what, so I was just like, well, I'm already hitting that that 2000 but um yeah i 
I got on a scale the other day and I was surprisingly, because the scale I have is that fat meter scale you can hold out and do the whole, I'm not sure the name what it's called, but uh, I got on there and it has that extra decimal at the end. So you can see that point, whatever. Right. And it was 222.2. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And then this morning it was 2209. I was like, oh, they go into that. So it was just cool to see all twos across the board. I guess something you never really see. So I was just excited about that. Right, right, right. I don't know what happened to your volume, but we're going to need a little bit more. Oh, um, man. So while you're going through that. Yep, yep. Uh, it's funny. So since we started, I am down six pounds. And you know, I haven't counted not one calorie and I probably haven't even been as consistent as you. I just jumped into, okay, I'm gonna go hardcore with my intermittent fasting for sure. I'm gonna try and eat my last meal by seven. I won't eat again until somewhere between 12, 31 o'clock. And then I try to be done by seven, done. Yeah, when I do that back in the day, first I was good and then schedules got all thrown off and I need to get back on that. The intermittent fasting pizza just be when when I do eat and stop eating so late. That again, that's come back to my my Achilles heel. Yeah, I think I I I gotta eat in the morning or I get a headache, but I can miss that middle of the day gap, let it burn, and I'll eat usually in the evening. But yeah, I try the morning thing until like three o'clock, four o'clock. I'm sorry, until like ten o'clock or twelve. And when I got past twelve o'clock, it was just like body say you gotta put something in there. So now now when you did that. Did you also not drink any coffee? This is prior to the coffee drinking. So yeah, this is way earlier. Oh, way earlier. Okay. Um, I, I tried it and just not my, just not my thing. I'd be curious because if it was way earlier, um, it could be it was the caffeine. No, no. Before you said that, it was before the coffee. I wonder if it's before you cut sugar. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we was it Mountain Dew days. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, it's the sugar. <laughs> try, try it again. But anyway, this isn't that podcast. I apologize right for now. everybody. I'm going down my rabbit hole of, of of intermittent fasting. But take care of yourself. That's the point. Is we're talking about taking care of yourself. Take care of your body. Absolutely. But since you took us back to in the days a little bit, uh, you know, we were all in school um, during the height. Of Dark Man X, yes, mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to see, you know, get you guys' thoughts on DMX passing, and just get an understanding of kind of what that time of DMX being in his height meant for you guys. So much energy at that time frame. I think Ian can remember when I I played a Dark Man. Uh, uh, Dark and Hell's Hot album in Mahoney through those big speakers and play him that and camera hanging out the hallway. All those two. So my my fondest memory of of DMX would be that initial album uh, working at UPS at night. So it's summertime, going home, working UPS, taking that drive super late um, at like starting at twelve, getting you know, off at four in the morning, and having to drive home with that between that and Cameron's first album, and they had that one song together that I would merge in and work the CD so they kind of flowed through. And just the energy in that environment was just crazy. I mean, 
even to his the last days when we were on stage, he still performed and he gave you that energy. And it's just that's yo, know, that's what made the Rough Riders whole that whole time frame is just mm-hmm. sealed in my head forever. That's like just party, happy, everything was just fun. It was angry, but I was angry, but I could rap those angry lyrics and be like, yeah, I can get it. And then it was just fun. So <laughs> I jumped into his body, even though I had no anger at all. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, so those days, like just, I remember them albums dropping. And first of all, I remember back first, like, who is this on Money, Power, Respect? Like, who is this cat with this raspy voice? Like, who's coming through like that? So then the name came through and then the album dropped. And again, it's like all hell broke loose, literally. Like when that album dropped, it was just like every even the, the ladies <laughs> will walk around singing like they were being mixed. Like he had this this bark and everything with it. It just it was crazy to think about the impact he had at the time. And he did a lot of the recording in Miami and was in and around the city. Like people were posting stuff this week, and I remember it vividly now. Like, like man would just be down here, they'd be you pull up to a gas station, DMX is sitting there, they're taking pictures. You got on South Beach. He's in it, like no bodyguards. I mean, I don't know if anybody was around, but um, somebody put it, it was like 10 dudes and he just in the middle of pictures, just stand there with the people. Like those are the things that I remember early on. Um, but as you got to know him and hear about the struggles over the years, what, what I remember the most is like, this guy has been struggling <clears throat> stuff for his entire life. <laughs> Um, and it just even became more clear with all these these um, interviews and things people have been doing over the last few days. I saw one a day um, about how he got the first introduced to crack. I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's how it went down. Um, I, I had never heard that story before. But just think about, it, like, this man's life, He this man had been crying out for help for the longest, um, it just, but just got lost in, in, the, in everything else. And people want to uh villainize him but the man had a lot of stuff going on at the end of the day he was um a lot of things to a lot of people so again he had a major influence in in hip-hop and just the community and the culture um and honestly from a personal level i felt under i understood what he he was when that man prayed on his album and in other things you that no matter what was going on or what villain villainous thing he was being uh accosted for like you felt his energy and the sincerity in his prayers that's one thing that's always stuck to me throughout all these years and it's not just the album prayers i'm talking about when you see him on videos you see him in before concerts you see him backstage with just his his entourage you just felt it so right that's always stuck with me through the years yeah i think um <laughs> It's A, his energy. I think DMX is the first, like, <laughs> thug I saw cry, right? Like, the the first dude that you saw who was like, yo, I would never want to be on um, the bad side of an argument with him. But then you would see him cry just like a baby uh, and, and just have that passion from whatever he did. And I think that's what being a man of the people. He did all of that stuff in Miami with no security guards, but he did that all over the world with no security guards because he was just one of those men of the people and um, listening to stories, him talking about, uh, I was at a party this weekend and one dude tried to tell me that DMX wasn't lyrical. 
And so it spun me off on a rabbit hole, which was funny because I didn't realize how much I actually knew about DMX until I started spitting off A, the fact that like him and Hove used to go at it back in the day. And he was like the king of all street battles, um, you know, back in the day before he even got to doing albums or any of that. But then also once he was on, because uh, Buddy was saying like his voice is like his um that's what got him on like that pushing further. I'm like, no, his voice cuts and, and gets your attention, but it's really what he's saying and how he says it. Because if you want to give a true example, Ja Rule is the perfect, you know, apples to apples in a sense comparison. And what happens with Ja Rule is like, yo, granted 50 Cent put a real hole in that, uh, his career, it was still the fact that like, yo, he didn't have the same content and the same emotion behind what he was saying that DMX had. And DMX just had that curve of when he brought, he brought that like gritty street anthem feel out. Like he created that kind of sound and wave because um, at that time, it was it was the puffy time. It was shiny shoots and all of that, and, and dance and feel good. And then all of a sudden, yo, you're at no no no, but my dog's at, and it was just like, yo, what is this? Oh my god! And he just he came through with that muscle. So, uh, I think the first song that I heard DMX on um, was an LL Cool J song. It's funny that you got one two three four fresh up. The song was four three two one. Um, and it had Red Man and Method Man and DMX on it. And you know, Red Man, Method Man, they do that thing. I think was he last on that track? No, maybe LL was last on the track. Oh, L was, L was last. last. LL was last. But this dude came in and it was just like, Who is that? Um, and then my next about that one. introduction to DMX was at Club Amnesia. I'm at Club Amnesia with Jay um, and I think uh, Regina and Juvie was supposed to perform that night. And that's when Ha was out and Juvie gets on the stage and, and, you know, some of the other cats are there from, from cash money. And, you know, he starts up and he's going and the crowd's kind of into it. And then all of a sudden you just heard. And everybody was just like, what is that? Well, DMX had walked in and they had already gave him a mic and they basically just told Juvie to get off the stage. Juvie, no, no, stop. No, cut his set. Like Back back that thing on off stage and yeah, yeah we're going to get DMX. No, 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 back that thing wasn't even out yet. Right? Uh, that may, Okay, that can make sense, yeah, because how was good, but it wasn't that level. Correct. It, it, it wasn't at that level yet. Um, but stop, drop, shut it's that crap. was out. Yeah, oh, that was yeah, no. It was over. Like he got up there, he didn't even sing the whole song, he started barking and people went crazy. And then Total like sidebar, not to cut you off, but sidebar, they do have the um Rough Riders uh thing on BT. Like BT did, I know they did um Rough Riders and they did um no limit where they did like uh the whole story of them mm -hmm. good watch my bad back to the story. so he gets off the stage and then juvie gets back up there and starts all over again but it, it it was crazy it was crazy and it was like wow like this dude just that just happened this um, came it, and ate the state the the setup just because it just stopped yeah. that whole band <laughs> right i want to follow him on stage it's just like no nah, i'm good 
No, not <laughs> at all. And, and, and then, I mean, obviously, look, um, you know, we had a DMX uh, uh, doppelganger at UM uh, that used to be there. And then every once in a while, it was actually DMX. Yep. Um, X. So, so X. that was crazy. And then I would run into him at the barbershop because he would come there to get his haircut at Headliners, yeah. which was just yeah. hilarious. Well, the Deke posted that picture today. Him, um, DMX is in yep. the chair. And, in the chair. and Sadiq, yep. yep, Sadiq right there. Yep, and you just walk into the barbershop, he'd just be sitting there, like, waiting to get his haircut. <sighs> like, no entourage, no nobody. Crazy. But I, I think the biggest thing, I think why, like, that time was fun, right? But I think a lot of times, some of the reasons why why I'll speak for me specifically, and I think it's for other people, the man's name was DMX, but it was Dark Man X. And you could tell in some of the songs, like you could you could feel the darkness. But then to know that this dude could put this light out, right? Like we talking about the light coming from the darkness. And it was almost like people identified with that. And, and, and you wanted to see him succeed. Like you wanted this dude to get past all this that he's putting out in the music. But at the same time, it was letting you know that, hey, whatever you going through, there is light. Like you can still come out. Like you just got to find it. Um, I think I, that's the, you hit the nail right on the head is that he brought the ability to see and understand, yo, if he, if he can come from what he's come through and what he had to deal with and he's doing what he's doing and he's motivating people the way that he is, like he is the, the, what created Jeezy, you know what I mean? And the whole trap movement in a sense, because that, that raw hood energy, you know, is, is like what he, he transformed and the ability for people to see that again, thugs cry, you know what I mean? But like, yo, they can still be passionate. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're, they're out killing everybody all the time. They can still be motivated and passionate about things. And it was, while it sounds funny to say it's one of those things that are like, people don't think about it like that. You think of thugs as thugs and try to act like, oh man, these dudes ain't got no heart, but it's like, no, most of them are just like you. <laughs> and it was that realization that like, yo, I might be able to, I might transform my anger in a different way than you most times, but still like seeing the like how the the beauty of what he could put together. Cause like BJ was saying with his prayers, those were something that were so, I don't know any other artist rap artist before that or even really after who put prayers on their albums and like everybody would listen to them and be able to recite them word for word and you would feel the passion and emotion. And it wasn't like he was saying some you know, uh, fake, like, you know, but I'm going to get chicks and, you know, type, type prayer. It was like a real prayer that is just like, when you really think about what he did and, and the the movement he created and how he paved it is, is awesome. Dude, not even the rappers that turned preachers. Mm. Like, have you ever listened to a reverend? Seriously, seriously. Like in saying that, I was seriously sitting here thinking, like, I don't Have know. Have you ever um, listened to a Mace sermon? No. Nope. Thank you. No. Nope. Especially on on his album, like when he was that it's it's 
it's um crazy to think of that i guess juxtaposition is like the like you think of you got a song like where my dog's at and then Mm -hmm. it's ended with a prayer and like a real like a prayer that you could say in any church in the world and they would be like oh my god who is this guy is this something like who is this if if nobody knew who he was and you brought him up to any church to say that prayer everybody that in that place would be like oh my god is this the new falling out amen amen yeah like period mm-hmm. but the, he just it's that juxtaposition that that is be, because of that um you saw my interpretation when i heard that even back then like yeah you got this but this man he's an artist he's doing this as a craft he's doing this as his way to make money put bills on the table get ahead but this man has a heart this man has um a soul he's fighting for like in everything he did he's fighting for his soul and it just keeps that dark man x that hung that cloud hung over his head for years with all the stuff that's been going on with this man in jail out of jail drugs like kids situations family situations like that man was fighting demons on a regular basis but that's Uh, what was the appeal of it too was that he admitted it and that he conversed and and put that out there most people the demons that they fight, they put in the closet. And instead he was consistently and constantly let it be known and and would talk about how he's doing it and things. I think um, listening to the conversations of other um, artists and stuff who had interactions and, and relationships with him and just hearing like all of them, like people like Scarface and stuff who are like, yo, we cried together. And it's just like, what? what do you mean we cried? And it was like, yo, he was standing on some wire thing and the some hotel in Atlanta and it was kind of like he was going to jump. So really I was more emotional about like, yo, don't, don't off yourself. But then it got into where we were talking about something else and, and got into praying and X, Y, Z in life. And it's just like, you hear that is not um, what you expect when you see, uh, you know, where my dog's at, but then it's what you understand when you hear his prayer. You know what I mean? That that's what is, is amazing about it is, being able to so easily see like, yo, it is all together in one person and, and, and being able to have that visual visualization that is okay. Here's the other thing that I didn't know. Um, so I remember when he first came out and people were like, oh, here goes this guy, you know, he's trying to look like Tupac and he, he just stopped that whole thing quick. Like I'm not Tupac. Um, but then to think about at the time that he came out, it didn't occur to me until just the other day that this man was older than some of the popular hip hop artists that we know. Like to see that this man is older than Busta Rhymes. <laughs> you couldn't tell though when he was on stage. You could you not. Tell when he was rapping, you couldn't tell anything. Just when he was around, you couldn't tell. Again, um, I don't know if you guys heard like even like the full story of how he got on with Def Jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I, I encourage everyone to go watch that uh, BT. But uh, so anyway, this man had been killing in the streets and, you know, DMX, when he was growing up, he had a dog that he stole from somebody mm-hmm. and like was taken care of, couldn't have it in the house. And so his mom like made him like kick it out the house. So he used to live on the roof with the dog, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, fast forward, he used to go around killing it. Uh, and Irv Gotti actually was the one who got the end in, in the door with um, Def Jam 
and only for the main sole purpose of trying to get DMX signed. So couldn't get, get him signed because he got on as an A&R. Um, couldn't get him signed, quit the job as an A&R. Leo Cohen calls him up like, yo, why'd you quit? Man, I told you I want to sign DMX. That's the only thing I want to do. They're kind of like, ah, he's like, look, come to Yonkers tonight. I'm going to show you. They take this man to Yonkers, him and um, Kevin. Uh, what's his name, Kevin? You know the other one. Come on. Okay. I don't know anybody up in Yonkers. Laos. Laos. Is that it? The other... Um, I think it's Leo Corn and Kevin Laos. But either way, either way, they go down to the studio. A bunch of other dudes is rapping, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, um, you know, it's like 3, 4.30 now in the morning. Get into the... Where, like, the execs are like, yo, I'm about to cut out of here. All of a sudden, here comes DMX coming with a dog. This man's jaw is wired shut. Says that he goes in there, starts spinning, spinning. You can hear the the wires like loosening up from him spinning, whatever. And um, shakes hands with the execs. They said they go outside. Herb Gotti said Leo Corn turned to him, and I don't know if you guys know who Leo Corn is, but he's like the English-looking white dude who be in like Def Jam and all that other stuff. Not. Uh, Rick Rubin, but the other tall dude. And so he was like, man, like we were in there. He was chill, cool, didn't really say much. As soon as we got outside, he went crazy. We've got to pick up the litter. Oh my <laughs> goodness. He's like, he went nuts. But that's but funny. Like, so um, there's a video. It's, I want to say it's like 20 minutes long. It's like a little mini movie. It's called Angel. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's DMX featuring Mary J. Blige, but it goes through kind of that whole story. Dude, I didn't even know that this thing existed. I I don't feel like I ever saw it. Um, Never heard of that. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, man, look it up. It, it, it's crazy. I watched it last night. I was just like, why have I never seen this before? Um, and it, it kind of depicts that whole story and where he was at and what was happening at that time. It's pretty cool. Please send the link, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I'll absolutely do that. Um but yeah, man, I, I think uh, obviously, look, the latter years, we were hoping that he was going to um, find some light again and, and, and hopefully put something out. I think the last thing that I actually saw him on was two or three years ago. Um, he was on the, the BET Hip Hop Awards and he was on one of the ciphers and I was just like, this dude well, still got it, but. I was gonna say the last thing we saw him on was um versus he did the Snoop and him versus yeah, yeah that that was kind of like um but the good news is I'm pretty sure he's got an album's worth of music that's gonna wind up coming out now because they have been working on stuff yeah yeah um, I saw him in the studio with Swiss and everything and and it's funny and look it, you know a whole other thing is again um there's more stories that I've heard I don't know if they're true because you know operating in the motorcycle world for a little bit and knowing rough riders and talking to them and things they used to talk about that they had to do when X would come to town and all this stuff. It's crazy, but um, hmm. I think uh, DMX will be missed for sure. Um, but he, he's another um, example or, or another, uh, there's another legacy that we're going to feel like, man, this could have went a totally different way if he would have had a different support system or um, if somebody would have been able to step in early, mm -hmm. right. And give him that support that he needed, how much 
even more influential could he be? Like, I know some of the things he went through made him who he was um, and gave him that content to deliver. But I still think there was a point where, you know, things could have went a little bit different for Earl um, <laughs> and what could he have done? So, you know, to, to you guys point, uh, there were so many demons that he was just carrying at that point. And yep. if somebody would have j- jumped in and been able to chase away those demons a little bit earlier, you know, what would his r- true impact have been? I think that um, the thing is, right, it's like um, people who have that, that power, like his exercise and his demons was creating that music. And in creating that music, it also created the character that made him too hard-headed to accept the help that people would try to you know give him because i i find it hard pressed to believe and especially looking at dudes like swiss and stuff that they didn't have you know it attempt to be able to you know yo bro you gotta like yo for real but at the same time i can see DMX was very much a I'm going to do what I want to when I want to and I dare and not even you can't I dare you to tell me that I can't do what I want to when I want to so it's it's that you have to take (laughs) I was gonna say you have to take note mentally of like while being able to exercise and you have to be able to receive um the, the help that people are trying to provide to you yeah. and being able well, to, to accept that message. Once you guys watch that video, you're going to be like, oh, I got it queued up. It's, it's there. It's ready to go. Yeah, but I, I think that he was, um, he probably was at his best behavior, we'll say, I guess, or best me- mental state when he was in the studio when he was able to pump out albums and songs. And I think when you're on, he's on tour, he's out and about, that's where all the demons come in. But when he was in this space, I'm saying if he's in this space, that's why I think, I mean, this dude was the first one to put out two albums in one year, like to drop that back to back and both of the albums be fire. When he said that second album drop, like, wait, nah, y'all, y'all tripping. Like, yes. They even just about him putting that, it it was about, it wasn't the first to put out two in one year. It was that they both went platinum. That they were, they were both platinum albums in that year. Many people have tried to go ahead and put out (laughs) more material, but it doesn't mean that anybody care. (laughs) Um, So if you remember, and maybe you don't, but also shortly after or during those albums dropping, his grandmother died. Yeah. And that's when it just seemed like the rails, the the train went off the tracks and it just seemed like he never really came back at that point. I remember that one album he did. I can't even remember the name of it. Grand champ, maybe. Um, And like the whole album was like him talking about Ja Rule. And I was just like, dude, really? We just did a whole album like about (laughs) Ja Rule. Come on, man. But anyway, um, you know, uh, we, we honor DMX. Uh, look, I, some people yeah. I know don't don't care for him. You know, some people get wrapped up. Oh, he had all these kids. He ain't take care of all of them. You know, he had the thing where he was on. Um, what's her name? Ian Ian Love, Aunt, whatever her name is. Yeah, I forget life right thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fix my life or whatever yeah. it is. Where one of his kids was on there that he 
didn't have a relationship with. And he was just like, Hey, you know, the son was like, Hey, you know, I want to have a relationship with you, but you know, you can't be on the alcohol and the drugs. And he's like, Hey, this, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't want to, you know, and he had some choice words for him and, and, and walked out and was done. Yeah. So, you know, some people don't, but I just think, look, when you have a person like that, that's got, yeah, that have, didn't that happen with Kurt Franklin, but that's a different story. Never mind. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's 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 something totally different. Um, and to our to our knowledge, he's not on any drugs. But um, to, to our knowledge, right. Um, when somebody just has those type of demons, like you got to realize, like the good moments that they put out, it's just that it's just a good moment that they had. It's something that where they had clarity to deliver. Um. But then the rest of their life is 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 darkness, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's the key to this, and and probably where we'll leave this episode of, hey, the people out there that they're in the dark, um, and they need somebody to show them the light, and more importantly, they need the relationships that can kind of keep them in the light and anchor them until they can get a way to stay there for themselves. So, you know, we talk about mental health and. And all these things these days that that weren't a thing, mm. right? Until the last, I don't know, three to five years, right? We we didn't hear people talking about, oh, you need to take care of your mental health and and these things. But you know, here here's yet another another example of, hey, if we could have helped this man deal with his mental state, could he have shook these demons? Yeah. Fair question. All right, well, we're gonna close this one out. Fellas, uh, I know we're supposed to be on some type of break. Um, yeah, but uh, we 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 had to take a moment out of break, and I guess we're gonna break a little bit differently. We're gonna get in some real personal conversations and whatnot. Um, so I'm gonna close out in regular fashion, though. I'm gonna open up the floor, phase on. I don't know if you got a corner, if you don't, that's okay too. I think this week, uh, I'm just gonna let, let it be and just enjoy the fact and enjoy the life of. Darkman X Earl. Um, nothing good to say this week. Not not good, but just focus on your your mental health and reach out. Don't hold it to yourself. Reach out, man. Yep. You are not alone. You are not alone. Fresh coming to you. Well, you know, um, normally give y'all all of this juice, but since we uh got sprung with this uh DMX passing, I figure it'd be dope. To go ahead and do the prayer. Why not, right? Exactly. You know what, man? I, it's funny because I was going to end with BJ because I figured he was going to come with something on that spiritual level for us. But but go ahead and, and take the baton. I mean, I was. I figured, hey, why not? So let, let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day, and I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people, and it's all for the good. I influence so many children. I never thought that I would, and I couldn't take credit for the love that they get because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray and ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I'm not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily, but I work hard every day, and I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well, um, but if you help me to grow, then what I have in my heart will begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing because I will know where I'm headed. I'm tired of the suffering. 
I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection, begging for direction from my soul in these resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me because I am grateful and I use it and I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to, to you, my regret is only having one life to do it instead of two. Amen. Amen. Mm, wow. Deacon Jones, you got anything for that? Yo, man, that's 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 word right there. And I, I remember I can hear it. I hear his voice with he's ready. I remember majority of all the prayers he's ever done, I can probably quote back. And again, it's just how impactful they are. Um, but the thing I got to leave with this week is is just on the same topic about your support system, who's around and black men, we got to do a better job. Um, like I'm a so appreciative of this group right here. Um, again, we talk about stuff, we go through stuff, we support each other through the ups and downs. And those are the things that I personally need in my life. Um, I can't speak for everybody else, but those are the things that when the world gets you down, just it's not even have to be me directly. Sometimes like K may say something to R or Ian, is like, yo, I needed to hear that myself. So I'm going to take it and roll with it. Um, I just finished the call this afternoon. And again, that whole environment piece and surround yourself with. Um, I'm so lucky at this point in time, um, the organization I, I'm now a part of for my nine to five, they just had an event this evening talking about the 2% is not enough, talking about the number of black males in the field of education. Um, if you look at the entire field of education, only 2% are black males across the board. Um, and the recurring thing was support systems um, holding each other accountable professionally, but supporting each other brotherly. Um, that was an underlying thing. Um, so again, that whole thing manifests itself in in all areas of our life. And we just got to keep on pushing each other, supporting each other. Um, but don't forget who we are in the process. Um, so whatever we can do, whatever we can do to support each other, support y'all out there listening, like we're here. Um, like we got to. Because ain't nobody else doing it. If you look around the rest of the world, they kill us off left and right. Yep. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show this week from the 13th floor. And and, and real quick, I'm not going to drop my thing. I think I already did mine. Um, but the importance of environment, uh, that's something you can look forward to on the next episode because I think there is – there's an expectation there with environment that we look at as it's going to be the, the, it's going to solve everything for you. And I think we're looking at environment the wrong way. Um, and I think that's something we're going to visit on the next episode. Um, so make sure you tune in. We appreciate you for listening to this one, uh, listening to this one. Definitely share with a friend, a family member, a relative, uh, leave a comment, leave a review, uh, on all the various platforms. Uh, on you weren't on. Uh, we happened to fall upon or discover before you got on um, that our particular podcast is ranked in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, we just happened to find that earlier, and that's out of ranking, what was it, like 2.1 million podcasts. Wow. And we are ranked in the top 10% of the world. So that was mind-blowing to all of us. Yeah. We were like, yeah. oh, wow, okay. 
Um, no, we, we did when we. We, I, we thank you all. We thank you. Yes, all. we thank everybody first of all for doing that. And I, I noticed that when we did the on Anchor because Anchor had international. I kept seeing Europe and other other places that that were, were listening to us. So, uh, shout out to everybody, man. That's a big deal. We love y'all. Yep, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been our show. Thank you for joining us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. 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 Amazing.